Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Proof Beyond Reason. Proof, yeah. proof, proof, proof. Beyond Reason. <laughs> Yo, we were actually messing with uh, filters. Oh, and, uh, yeah. We were, before you came, we were uh, <laughs> we were messing with filters in GarageBand, and there's one voice that's like real deep. Is it we like the Darth Vader? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to throw that on, but we said It's yeah. like the intro. We should actually Yeah, for on. real. But yeah, welcome to episode 28. My goodness. Yeah. Ooh, my goodness. We're Keep getting close going. to 30 now. Yeah. Once we hit 30, we got to have a celebration of some kind. A celebration. Do have something. our posters, have our uh, website and everything. Mm-hmm. Could do that. Could do that. Um, shout out of the week. Uh, shout out of the week goes to Humble Beast. Um, pati- in particular, Beautiful Eulogy. Uh, they have an album out that's been out since last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the end of last year. It's called Worthy, and it is absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing yep. album. Um, if you're looking for new music, if you're looking for music that is um, inspiring, you're looking for in- music that you're trying to worship, uh, you're trying to get good lyrics, um, this album has everything. It has the beat. It has, I mean, it, it's, it's really, really good. They've been at it for a long time. So you want to check out, go to HumbleBeast.com, HumbleBeast.com. And uh, you can actually go on. So if you go on their menu, I'm, I'm literally on, on my phone right now checking it out. So And a good thing they do is you can actually donate. But most of the time, it's free. They give out their music. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah I think uh, I believe it's free. So I'm right now I'm on the store of the website. And I believe it's free. So I believe you have to go to their website because mm-hmm. if you go on iTunes, I think they charge. They charge, I'm not yeah. Mistaken. But you can still donate. <coughs> they have an option that you can actually donate, get a physical copy. Oh wow! There are other albums: um, uh, Satellite Kite, Mercy, uh, Instruments of Mercy, are sold out at the moment. If you oh, want the physical crazy. copy of the CDs. Crazy. Well, they're phasing out from CDs. I don't know if you know, Best Buy is actually, I think, in a couple months, not going to sell no, CDs. That's good. Yeah, I don't mess with CDs anymore. But you uh, can order vinyls as well. Yeah, they they said selling vinyls came back. Know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, vinyls is coming back strong. Yeah, have you seen new albums and Barnes and Nobles and vinyls? Yeah, yeah. For real? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's crazy. I'm good. <laughs> it's the hipsters. I mean, yeah, right? yeah. Area. yeah. I mean, it's it's because right. it's not clearly it's not the the quality of the music because you can't be digital. I yeah. Mean, well, I mean, sure. you you can argue against it because there's some type of uh rasp and or whatever you yeah wanna. i mean when you use it as sa- when you sample it and then you throw it on you try to mimic it and do all the mm-hmm. whatever editing then it comes out way yeah. better than what you can make you know what i'm saying like if yeah. you make music in fruity loops or garage band or whatever it doesn't compare i think if you're going for clarity digital but right. if you're going for that type of sound then yeah that's probably why but check out HumbleBeast.com. Uh, look at what they have, and, and you can always purchase the music on iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, probably Spotify, you stream it or something like that. But uh, that album, really, really good. We're going to post their, the link to our uh, – if you're on Facebook checking us out, you can see it on the link there. But definitely quality music to check out. Uh, highly recommended. And um, I've been a fan of theirs for a long time. They Braille. From Beautiful Luigi. Yeah. We He's went to their concert. A long time. We did. Their only concert in like Orlando. They had a concert in Orlando, and um, and we went, and it was it was like an underground concert. You know what I mean? Like, cause that's the type of, of feel they have. But man, they were. It was on point. They were good, man. They were good. It wasn't like a one one six concert. You know, nope. it wasn't like hyped up and all this whatever. But 
uh, the fans were that were there that were clearly hip hop heads, and uh, and it was really good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Uh, so yeah, so check them out today. Talking about legacy, leaving a legacy. What does it mean to leave a legacy? What does it look like in in the context of scripture? Recently, uh, we've had the passing away of a great evangelist in our culture, mm-hmm. and um, his name is Billy Graham. You probably heard of him. Probably know about him. And uh, and also recently, uh, we're, we're going to be focusing on Billy Graham today, but uh, not too long ago, R.C. Sproul passed away as well. Yep. R.C. Sproul, one of the great theologians uh, of our generation, but one of the foremost theologians of all time, really. If you look at the body of work that he's put out, the um, just massive amount of, of teaching content and and the fruit that he left from his ministries and the impact he's left globally from from just the teaching, theology, and mm-hmm. so forth. I mean, you can't beat it. Uh, insanely phenomenal. So talking about legacy and, and what does that mean. So um, so Billy Graham, wha- you know, you guys know more about him, you know, I imagine, uh, than, than a lot of the people listening. So what, uh, what do you guys got on him? I want to start off with a quote he left off. Uh, here it goes. Someday you will read or hear that Billy Graham is dead. Don't you believe a word of it? I shall be more alive than I am now. I would just have changed my address. I will have gone into the presence of God. Mm. Wow. Mm. It's crazy. It's a good outlook, I mean. It is. I mean, looking at he died in 99. 2005. Okay, he, not 1999. He died at 99. At he age 99. He died at 99. Yeah. 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 99 years old. At 95, he retired. 2005. What? Roughly 2005, but no. he gave his last message. No, he just no, no way. It's Is four it? years ago. Four years ago, he retired. I believe so. He yeah. was 95. Yeah, that would be 2014. 2014. There yeah. you go. My math is kind of wrong. I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it's because he G didn't have those chips. See these chips, these special chips that we got over here from Aldi. Uh, from Aldi. <laughs> Shout out to Aldi with the sauce, the yeah. salsa, and all that. Um, but uh, but yeah, he re- he retired. Apparently, when he was 94 years old. Yeah, 94 years old. But um, he touched or impacted. There's an article that says he was the most influential person that actually talked to people face to face. I, mean, I actually got I got actually got a chance to. Um, I don't remember the interview, but I remember watching him live on uh, Larry King, and he's actually been on uh, Larry King before mm-hmm. he retired. Mm-hmm. Before Larry King retired, mm-hmm. but he was like one of his last guests, and it's kind of crazy. It's like. This guy chooses to bring this guy. I'm Jewish sure. guy. Yeah, Jewish <laughs> guy. But, you know, you could tell he genuinely, like in the interview that they both were talking, he genuinely liked him as a person. Yep. Mm. You know, you kind of interview somebody, you might not even like you, just like, or whatever. Larry King genuinely was, like, having a great conversation with him and mm. talking about his life and stuff. I like mean, that. we were talking about earlier that he actually talked to um, or was an advisor to a lot of the presidents. Yeah, yeah, he, um, that's the role he played, was that he, he would advise many of the presidents, I think since the time of JFK or even before JFK, something like that. You know, it's been a long, long time that he's been an advisor to the presidents. And even though the, you know, presidents may not have held to sound biblical theology, maybe they weren't Christians, even though they, many say they are Christians, even our current president, um, but... But it, it didn't negate the fact that they were open and accepting to Billy Graham's 
feedback and, 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 and allowing him to, to be in the Oval Office to talk to them. And that's important because mm -hmm. someone like him advocating for the rights of, uh, you know, freedom of religion, particularly allow, making sure we have rights carved out for Christianity, but also being maybe who knows, you know, what those conversations were. But, um, you know, I know that he he was uh, opposed to the segregation and opposed yep. to racism. And he fought against that even to the point of saying things like uh, if you if you if you're racist, then then it's you're you don't believe in in the in the God of the Bible, like scripture mm -hmm. prohibits that behavior. And um, and so, you know, just his influence in that regard is, um, you know, is very powerful. I think he was like he was born like I think 1918 or something like that. But, uh, you know, he rose to like prominence like in the 40s, like almost the 50s. Mm -hmm. But if you think about our era of television or our uh, the way we communicate uh, right now, we're communicating podcasts. We communicate through all different type of areas. But in his time, television was the new breaking thing. Mm -hmm. So he was really kind of transitioned like um able to kind of use that type of medium mm -hmm. to spread the gospel and it was for him he's almost like a trailblazer in the evangelist so we're we're right now um talking about a man that we physically d never met mm -hmm. uh but he's reached people influenced mm. presidents influenced his level of influence because of the medium that he took advantage of mainstream Mainstream. too it's not it wasn't just you know like what we're doing underground stuff mm -hmm. like and, and we have that opportunity today but m there was really only one avenue that you can go to back then there were there were not many channels that you can go through it was yep. like yeah you had three channels yeah right <laughs> <laughs> it's like here you got click click and yeah. that's it right um but you're right you're right he leveraged that opportunity he saw it as an opportunity to preach the gospel and he did unashamed unashamed by his uh his walk with christ uh, didn't really hear any negative, right? Anything that had to do with scandals or or any issues with with money. I mean, now you're just seeing because I was uh as I was looking at information about him during his death, I would see a couple of articles like Huffington Post would put something like, "What was he really leaving a legacy behind? Was it Christianity or was it politics?" And then you have, of course, Rolling Stone saying that some artists, the only thing that torments him now is not really his death but his impeding message that they will forever be an eternal sinner mm. Mm. hold up say that one more time that so it's the torment they, they will have like a torment forever not about his death but that they will be an eternal sinner in punishment so his message was impacting these people but like exactly. they didn't want to hear it something like that right not really it's just oh, that that was, that, message, that, that, that was his message, yeah. It's yes. pretty clear as to w what he's leaving behind. He's leaving behind a message to say. Like he's clear in. In, in what he's bringing. Trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he did. You know, I think I, if I'm not mistaken, he was he was the one who was like. Uh, pray this prayer, you know, come mm -hmm. up to the front, pray this prayer, repeat after me and, and so forth. But it, it wasn't necessarily a formula to say. Ta-da! Just uh, how it is today. Yeah, uh, he he was he actually made statements that said, you know, I would be surprised if 
95% of all the people that have heard me speak in all of my crusades and all of my uh, actually received Christ, you know, mm-hmm. in, in that sense. You know, there they, they may have been an emotional move, but obviously it's the Holy Spirit moving in, in, in an individual to uh, bring to full circle conversion and what mm-hmm. that really means and transformation of life and all of that. Um, but just the fact that the gospel was preached, an opportunity to confess Christ was uh, was given. It's it's a you know it's a big deal, and for someone like that to now not be here anymore, mm-hmm. um, you know when R.C. Sproul passed away, for me it was it was a little more like, man, because I feel like he was so influential with my theology like he was so influential with uh, i remember we did a bible study at my house a few few years ago and we studied the book of romans and we used the commentary we read you know in in romans but we also used his commentary on the book of romans to just kind of lead some discussion like we didn't rely on it but we used it to navigate some discussion and man i just felt like that that study that we had at at the house was just really fruitful in in the relationship that that at least I got to see out of it, you know. Uh, It was in that Bible study that I met Daraj. It was in that Bible study that I met Dayton. It was in that Bible study I met met DJ Marathon. It was in that Bible study that I met uh, Sean. And and, uh, it was just, you know, we and so many other people, like there were a number of other people that attended, and even if they didn't stay for a long time, it was just the moment and the opportunity and the fact that we were studying Romans, which was is it that beautiful. Bible study that you took me once on a Tuesday? It was at my house, so oh, I'm not sure okay. if, if that was you, that other thing. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 I know what you're talking about. No, 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 no. Uh, that was at um, it was at a church. That was we actually okay, went to. Yeah. yeah, that was um, that was at Boom. But, but yeah, just you know, just leveraging that, and then I remember my wife and I when we first got married. We had uh, R.C. Sproul through Ligonier Ministries had the um, app, right? Well, no, I have. Yeah, no. Yeah, the app was was also. But uh, it's it's a DVD series that's called Foundations. Mm -hmm. And now you can stream it online for free. Really? You go online. It's 66 or 69 mini sermons. So they're 25 minutes each about. And it goes through systematic theology from beginning to and like, like different points of, of, of belief. So if you had a systematic theology book, there's maybe like 70 chapters or something that kind of go over like heaven, hell, angels, uh, baptism, uh, God, uh, Trinity, attributes of God, Jesus, life, history. Like it just goes through all these different things and uh, ethics, whatever. And in this DVD series, it's like 25 minutes of uh, uh, each and so my wife and I would just pop it in, and we watched it. We didn't get through all of it. I think we got to like 42 or something. <laughs> and uh, we would we would go one by one, like once a week or once every couple of days. We tried to do it. We weren't so disciplined in it, but I felt like that opportunity allowed us to get real close. And we had great discussions around each topic. Like it wasn't just you know we were watching the series and taking notes. Like we were watching it, rewind it, watching it, rewinding it flipping through the scriptures, and then at the end just having a long discussion. Like it ended up being like an hour and a half, two-hour thing instead of being a 25-minute uh, lecture. And so I feel like he, through his teaching, God using him, uh, really shaped a lot of 
of of things in you know in my life. So when I found out he had passed away, um, there you know celebration because he's with the mm-hmm. Lord. That's cool, but um, but it's also tough because you start. I start to think he's left a legacy, but he was such a key player, uh, a key personality in influencing the culture. Who's the replacement? And a lot of the the people that we look up to now, you know, the Ravi Zacharias, the John Pipers, the the they're getting older, and that's yep. gonna fade. So who's left to 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 uh, to carry the torch, so to speak? Yeah, and especially you talking about mainstream. That's like yeah, it's, it's exactly. funny because like um, just like you, you know, um, R.C. Sproul really impacted my life. The Book of Holiness. <laughs> yeah, I got destroyed. You know, I was like. My grandmother, who was at the time, she was probably like 80, she was like, what are you reading? Uh, oh, it's a book of holiness. And then she took the book from me. I was like, I gave it to her. I was like, you have it. And I got actually uh, got a chance to go, I think it was like um, last year, to uh, um, R.C. Sproul's church multiple Bang. times. Yeah. But he had like a Christmas event and stuff. And he wasn't even, he was so sick at that point that he didn't even want to, like he wasn't able physically to go on stage and stuff. But, like, he actually got up, and he was, like, you could tell he had somebody helping him and stuff like that. But it's just, like, what a great man. But at the same time, when you kind of going back to Billy Graham, um, is and we're talking about legacy, it's kind of like he impacted our lives, but, yeah, he's so well-known. I'm speaking on mm-hmm. R.C. Sproul. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy Graham, on the other side, had reached more people, was more mainstream, so he was up for more criticism, right? Mm. So it's like the, mo- true. The, the more, the more like it's like if you're LeBron James, you're gonna get criticized way more than if you're uh, just James Harden or something like that. Right. Um, I mean, even though James Harden's getting up there, he's getting up there, <laughs> but he'll ne- he'll never be criticized. He'll never be LeBron because and he yeah. he does it. He's not the the face of the NBA. That's so true. The face of televangelism was. Billy Graham. So mm-hmm. even though R.C. Sproul was on, he impacted my life probably more than Billy Graham. Um, it it kind of goes to show you, it's like, you know. Yeah, I, I like that you said that because when you – that's the thing where, you know, when someone's doing what what, what Billy Graham of the worlds have done or, or are currently doing, it's easy from where we're sitting to criticize. Mm-hmm point the finger to say things um, and we're not there we don't know what the pressure is we don't know what that means you know and 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 granted they've been given certain uh, you know they have certain opportunities and they, and they've wor- working at it for years so they've had a lot of practice but but it's easy to point and say look at that oh you know this guy but when you're under the lights it's a different world it's a different world it's just like co- competing of any th- any kind if you're competing in sports, uh, you know, football, or you're competing in basketball, martial arts, I- in the practice room, it's easy to do all these things. But when you have a crowd, mm-hmm. when you have people watching, when it's live and the lights hit you, it, 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 it becomes a different ball game. And, um, and so being someone who's on a platform, who's willing to, to, to risk their – whatever reputation right you know because their idea is i'm doing it for christ so it doesn't matter like i'm not looking to build my reputation 
uh, whatever you want, God. Empower me. Help me get through it. And should it be flawless, glory to you. If it's terrible, glory to you. You know what I'm saying? And the fact that they can be in that position, it doesn't mean that they're better than those that aren't in that position, but it does carry different weight because you're getting criticism in a different way. You're, if he was, uh, in today's era, growing his ministry with Facebook and all, all these social media comments and backlash and mm-hmm. memes and all kinds of things, like, you have to almost determine is 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 that going to destroy your pursuit of glorifying God? Well, it was a different era. So of he course. was in the beginning of the television yeah. era. So he took advantage of that. Um, after a while, we're, you know, the millennials, us, you know, we, we're in a different era. We're yeah. in a different podcast where we do um, most of the thing. Everything's an app. Like, you, have you ever gone to Chick-fil-A recently? There's an app that you can park in a special spot and that, that you don't have to get out of your car. Dang. There's it's an li- app for the mall that I literally just have to place the order and they bring it down to me. What? If you work in the mall. Uber Eats, you can get anything anywhere. So you you see technology like <laughs> you don't have to move. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, just you literally don't. It's kind of <laughs> like that. I don't know if you guys ever seen that movie Wally. Yes, uh, yeah, I love Wally. And it's like <laughs> the, the the towards the end of the the movie, there's like these uh the, the people that got stuck on that sh- that cruise ship in the in the outer space, they lost bone density because <laughs> they physically didn't move. But it's like we're approaching this this <laughs> type of. Uh, and you see America yeah. now increased obesity, like seventy three percent. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it's probably the high fructose corn syrup. What is that doing in bread? Just tell me. I don't <laughs> no, know why. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> why I is bread know. not getting old? And ever. I have to pay an extra two dollars for it to say no high fructose corn syrup. Right. So Just exclude know. that ingredient. Even for and ketchup. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. But uh, uh th- just on the last thing about Billy Graham that we can kind of talk about um legacy uh, I w- I started thinking about like. First of all, I don't know this man. You know, I I, I don't. I, I, <laughs> sure. You know, I don't know if he was a good person. I don't know if anything. You know, and that might sound kind of like, oh, don't like, don't say that. But it's just being real. Like, I don't know his personal mm-hmm. life. I don't know anything. But from what I do know, and the fruits that he, I can physically see. I'm like, wow, this guy was a believer. You know, mm-hmm. and. He he started his ministry in the what in the forties and it lasted till he was ninety five years old. Like if you think mm-hmm. about that, and his message did not change whatsoever, you know. And um, I just kind of wanted to read when he was ninety five years old. Uh, he basically had his last me- message to America, and in this message, he he uh, describes a little bit. I'll read it a little bit. It says, as I look back over my life, it is full of surprises. I never thought I would become friends with people in different countries all over the world. I see how God handed hand, God's hand guided me. When I began preaching many years ago, I wasn't with any thoughts that I would be preaching to a large audience. God has done this. Our country is in a great need of spiritual awakening. Then he goes on in another section of this he says there's only one message that should change people's lives and hearts i want to tell them about the meaning of the cross not the cross that hangs on the wall or someone's neck but the real cross of christ it is it is sacred and blood um stained it his was a rugged cross i know that many will react to this message 
but it is the truth. And with all my heart, I want to leave you with the truth. Mm. He says, he loves you, willing to forgive you of all your sins. I mean, you think about that. It's like his message so clear, mm-hmm. not afraid. Matter of fact, less afraid because you're 95 years old. <laughs> yeah, what they gonna do what to you? Can do to me. You yeah. know what I mean? So, but he was never afraid at no, 30. Wasn't. You know what I mean? So, and you can see that he he he's like 95 at this point, but he he's basically telling like his looking back at his life. He's like, I didn't even I didn't come with the motivation to even speak b- before that many people, but mm-hmm. God, you know, had other plans for him. So, it's just amazing to me that. Yeah. I mean, looking back at his life and the legacy he left off, um, it's something that when me and Mike first started the podcast, we were just like, we like speaking about uh, the gospel. We like actually reaching people, we like going out, helping people. So then we were thinking about a medium going on YouTube. And then at the point, we were just like, right, we, did, yeah. we were just like, hey, you know what? Let's just sit down. Let's record and see what happens. So that we had that mentality where it was just like all for God. It's like no matter if we get one listener, 20 listeners, and then come to now a year later, and we might be reaching somebody like in Germany, like we have viewers, mm-hmm. and we didn't even know that mm-hmm. we would get to this. It's all glory to God. Yeah, Amen. yeah, and it's, and it's not even, you know, in, 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 where in the way we have our mindset today, it's like, you know, we have to have that, that YouTube life or highlight real life, you know, it's like it's fake, you know. You have the, the, the vloggers, and they're showing you how great life is. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But then, you know, it's edited. Yeah. It's a life that's edited. Mm-hmm. It's a life that has filters. It's a life that looks charming, and maybe there's a nice house, and, you know, there's a housewife talking about all these things and whatever. And, um, and, and it's not all it's cracked up to be, right? It's not all what we think it is. We're, everyone is real. It's a real person dealing with real issues. Billy Graham, like you said, I don't know this dude. Mm-hmm. He's a real person who dealt with real issues, who had real struggles. And, and, and people tend to put those who are in the mainstream or have greatest influence or who become the face of whatever, fill in the blank. This person is above reproach, so they cannot do any wrong. And we forget mm-hmm. that they're flawed individuals. We forget, like Paul, you know, uh, in some circles, like Paul is exalted to deity, basically, Mm -hmm. worshiping Paul. And in Romans, Paul's like, you know, the good I want to do, I don't do. The bad I don't want to do, I end up doing. I keep falling into this. I keep falling into And he starts talking about sin. He's like, there is a a law of sin embedded in me, but there's a greater law, which is Christ. Mm -hmm. Right. So he's talking about him wrestling as a as an individual. And he's like, though, I have not achieved perfection. I'm striving for perfection. This is a man. In in, uh, the book of Peter talking about exactly that. Peter is talking about, you know, that we worship the same God, like the God that, you know, we're all in the same boat. We're all in the same playing field. Like it's God who's the hero, essentially. And. And men like the R.C. Sproles and, and the Billy Grahams and even going back, let's go back, you know, uh, Charles Spurgeon. Let's go back. Uh, Tozer. Tozer. Let's go. John Wesley. Um, you know. Uh, Martin Le- Luther. Martin Luther. Leonard Ravenhill. 
keep going, right? Calvin and whoever, like you talk about these different uh, people of influence and we forget and they become almost deified in certain mm -hmm. circles and it's great and we, we love to hear about them but uh they're men they're people they're they have struggles that's the beauty of being able to connect with them but there's only one hero yep there's only one hero i forgot who said it but um someone quoted that we focus so much on being like uh, the magnifier instead of looking at what the magnification is that mm -hmm. we're actually pointing to. Like the actual point is Christ, is God himself. But yet we continuously just go like, hey, I want to do this or I want to do that. I want to, like uh, we talked last week with Paul Washer, that it, uh, what he was saying to that guy, he's like, what I have time to go fishing. Like right. you don't focus on the relationship itself or growing in Christ, allowing people to grow with you or to grow people. You just focus on I want to be a pastor or I want to be a speaker, an evangelist, going out to all these countries. We want to be missionaries, but yet not really have a relationship with God first or people. I remember I remember Paul Washer. I, I love Paul Washer, right? Um, but I remember Paul Washer, he was talking to – he was at a conference, and he was talking about how – uh, at the con he was talking about a previous conference that mm -hmm. he had preached at. I don't think I think you you I heard about it. yeah. And he was saying he was like um, he said you know I preached the sermon whatever and then afterwards people came up to me and they were like oh man you preached amazing we know of it. it was of God I wish you were our pastor. Oh yeah. I remember and then that. and then Paul Washer <laughs> was like uh, you don't know if I beat my wife. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know nothing about so me. He takes it so <laughs> yeah. far, so to bring you back. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, it's flattering, but you have no idea if I beat my wife. How do you know that I'm a I'm a good because I preached a sermon? Come on, dude. And kind of goes back to what you were saying. Um, anyway, so John Piper, uh, in desiring God, his ministry is desiring God, desiringgod.org. He talks about leaving a legacy. So he says, it, it actually says, The Legacy I Want to Leave by John Piper. And he says, for most of my pastoral life, I'm going to read the whole thing. It's pretty short. Um, for most of my pastoral life, I heralded the wonders of what I saw in the Bible. I tried to do this in such a way that people could see the wonders really did come from the Bible and not from me. But I seldomly focused on how I saw the spectacular truths of Scripture. My preaching and writing aimed mainly to bring people to the banquet, essentially to, to, sh to give a presentation of Scripture, not take them to the kitchen, not showing them how the banquet was made. I'm going to elaborate that on just a second. Um, I'm going to elaborate on, on that now, and I'll, and I'll continue reading in just a second. But I went to see John Piper preach twice. And one of the preachings was at uh, R.C. Sproul's uh, church. I was there. One was at R.C. Sproul's church, but the other one that, that pertains to this was at the um, Reformed Theological Seminary. Did you also go to that one? You probably went to that one. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I think you did. Um, anyways, so in that sermon or in that, in that uh, discussion, his whole motivation was to get you to understand how he got to the conclusions that he got to. Like it wasn't, he wasn't just preaching. He was literally dissecting to show you this is the reason why this says that. Like it was, it was amazing teaching. And it was like exactly what he's saying here where he's like, I, I'm, uh, my preaching and my writing aim mainly to bring people to the banquet. So I want to show you how wondrous, how amazing the things of God are. And you can feast off of that. 
But instead, he didn't take you to the kitchen. He didn't take you to the back room to say, okay, you see that banquet out there that everyone's enjoying? This is how it was made. They take this and they cut it up and they dissect and they, get, and they use this ingredient, that ingredient, this ingredient. That's teaching how to read scripture. That's preparing people to prepare other meals. It's one thing to donate. You know, what, what is the expression? Um, uh, you, you can, you can uh, what is it? You can bring, give a fish to a man, but they're better off learning how to fish. Something, something like, like that. Something it, like that it, it involves fish, right? <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically. It involves cooking. Yeah. Basically, it involves fish, right? So the idea is you don't want to just give the gift, but show the people how to. Mm-hmm. And anytime you're thinking about from an from a economy standpoint, some of the economies that are struggling a lot, like, you know, Haiti, Greece, oh, oh, the, the, these economies that are actually they're receiving a lot of donations. People just give a lot of donations. Their economies struggling mm-hmm. because they have a, a oversaturation of free things. I actually heard uh, something about, you know, the shoes Tom's. I actually, yeah. you, I don't know if yeah. you guys own a pair, but they've gotten uh, a lot of, a lot of flack, a lot of uh, flack because the people in Africa, cause they, I guess they donate because every pair that you buy, correct. They, they give a percentage. So think about this. They give, I think like uh two, one or $2 or something. I forget how much the percentage is of the shoes. Let's say $5. The shoes cost $60. Who got the 55? Okay. I'm just doing math. So anyways, Tom, I mean, they need Tom, margin. They need, yeah, we they can need talk margin. about it. Yeah, yeah, we can yeah. talk about that. But, <laughs> all right. So they got $55. Right. $5 is getting, you know. To make another shoe or so whatever. Yeah. But you, you got the good PR. You got great PR. So they go to these countries that are developing and they, they give them water, all these things. And uh, people in Africa were like, please, Tom, don't come to my country. And they were like, that might sound like so crazy to somebody is that somebody doesn't want your help. But the reason is is because the business there, like the shoemakers, yeah. they, they are from Africa. They're out of business. They're out of business. But based off of free donation. Free, free donation. So that's what's happening. Like, you know, countries like Haiti, you know, they have so much, let's say so much rice, or they have so much, so many T-shirts. The local clothing store that's supposed to be uh, providing jobs, stimulating their own economy, growing their their the the value of their dollar and what you know they can't do that because there's free clothes so as people walk in the street they're like i can either buy a new t-shirt or i just wash a free t-shirt that i found on the road and grab the t-shirt like oh okay i just wear this there's no point so you ruin you actually ruin the economy you ruin people's skills now people are not exercising their skills so there's no reason to learn so you do the opposite of growing a country you 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 cut the legs from under them. And we see that a lot in the states with farmers and farmers markets. People are usually just like, oh, I'll go to Walmart to get something instead of like a farmers market. I heard I read an article last week. They were saying uh, I guess um, this guy I think it was in California. Or I forgot the state, but um, he farmed his own land. He was getting sued by I, I don't know if it was the government, but like two million dollars because he he was farming his own land. That's like, like I guess without permits. Because there's like a stack of papers that you need to fill out, but it was his own land, like and he can't even do that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's where we live in right now. That's kind of like the times we, you know. But I- if you think about that, so so again, you know, taking people to the banquet, not taking them to the kitchen. When I think of the coming generations, this is John Piper again. I am not content to only leave them a deposit of books and sermons that celebrate the glories of God and the wonders of Christian hedonism. And Christian hedonism is essentially um, 
finding finding joy and e- emotional connection with Christ. So having pleasure in being being uh, connected with Jesus, essentially. Uh, a great teacher once told me to ignore the conclusions of commentaries and only look for their arguments. I have tried to give good arguments, but underneath all the arguments is the book, the Bible. If future generations only learned what we saw and not how to see it for themselves, they will be second-handers. And second-handers cannot last. They grow bored and boring. Powerful, truth-preserving, God-glorifying, Christ-exalting, soul-ravishing, mission-advancing ministry. Sounds just like Piper, right? Is sustained by the power to see for yourself the glories of God's word. So I have a new and focused passion to help people really see the riches of God's word for themselves. And that has new and exciting implications for me and for the ministry of Desiring God. That's leaving a legacy. That's training people to farm. That's training people to fish. That's teaching people how to cook, not just making it for them. Mm -hmm. I think what we have in our culture today is a lot of secondhand, a lot of here's the information. Here you can order Uber Eats. Here's you can, not a lot of here's the how. Kind of reminds me of in the Bible, uh, Moses goes to the mountain. And I always, when I'm reading the Bible, I'm like, I try to make it like a movie because that's just the way I do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm <guy>. visualizing <laughs> Netflix in his mind. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, oh, man, it's a mountain. No, no, but, like, as I'm reading this, he goes to the mountain, and these, these, these Israelite people that did just got taken out of Egypt, they didn't want to go to the, like, I was like, I started asking God, like, how come everybody doesn't go to the mountain? Mm. You know, they wanted a Moses. They wanted always a king. They always wanted a representative. But how everybody go to the mountain. And then I'm like, I started thinking about like going to the mountain is extremely difficult. And people, I think in general, always take the road less travel. Like they the least path path of least resistance. That that's the term. Yeah, that's yeah. what you're looking for. Yeah. So, you know, I'm thinking about it like that. I'm like. You know, even with things like that, so yeah, no, no, no. That that's exactly, and uh, we're all guilty of it, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. We don't want to do the hard work. We want instant gratification, the microwave generation, right? We want to be able to pop it in and and get the results. We want the fair treatment. We want the fair pay. We want, but have we earned it? Have we gotten to the place where we've worked for it? Do we know the how behind it? Have we have we have we found contentment in the process of whatever it is? And our life is a process. As a Christian life, our life is a life, a, a process of sanctification. We have losses. We have gains. And, and just the process alone, to be counted worthy or, or, or you know, to, 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 be, to be forgiven and to be given this opportunity to, to just know God. Is 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 a, is a is a journey. It's a ta- it's a it's it's a it's not a burden, but it's a journey. It takes work. No, I was uh, talking to my wife yesterday. Um, we, we didn't go to sleep until like two o'clock in the morning, just talking. I'm tired just hearing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was talking about life. It was beautiful, man. That's like, um, 
and I started thinking about why do I love God? And I was explaining to her, and she was she basically just asked me. She was like, "Why, if God is so good, why do people go through bad situations?" And and I basically just told her, "I'm like, you know, God is always good, but this world is evil, and even in the midst of evil that happens, God is always there with you." And you know, and I started thinking about, I'm like, for my personal love thing, you know, kind of mm-hmm. what you were talking about. I remember when I was 12 years old, like, um, or not even 12, I was, it was like 14, um, my mother started drinking a lot of water. It sounds so funny. Uh, but we had, like, those five-gallon ga- five Zephyr Hills. Oh, thing. yeah, yeah. That you get delivered or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Um, except my dad was so cheap that he just <laughs> went to public. That's whatever. what's up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We got that. We doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but she drank one of those in two days. And I was like, okay, there might be something wrong. And it was like a a Monday I had to go to school. And um, I even missed school because I was like, my mom was like not feeling right. And so we, it was to a point where we're like, we need to take this woman to the hospital immediately. So we take her to the hospital. um, And my father's like cutting off red light. He's driving, he's like a maniac. We get to the hospital. She gets immediately to the ICU. She's in the hospital for like two weeks. Um, and then so when my mom got out of the hospital, she was describing, this is from my mom. This is her personal experience. Um, she was saying that she was seeing a light. She was basically approaching death. Mm. Jesus came to her and was like, come, I want to come with me and you can, you know, cause start my, your life with me, you know? And then the moment that she was starting to think about was like, what about my kids? And she says that her body came back to her, like her spirit came back to her body and she 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 was there with me. And then so I started to think about it and I'm talking to my wife uh, and I'm like, man, God, like the reason, there's one of many, but the reason that I love you is because you gave me a gift. I didn't have like of my mother. She could have been taken away from me, yet you you gave me 20 more years, 30 more years, or whatever. She's still alive, so another 20, you know? Right. But that is a gift that God gives me, mm-hmm. and it's things like that that's like, man. Right, right. I mean, even even in, in the absence of gifts, so in the suffering that we're promised in this world, like we are promised suffering, and, and whether we have a relationship with God or not, we're going to suffer like everyone goes to some level of suffering there's a difference of do we have hope right uh, some have uh, are hopeless so many are have hope and uh if we're in christ we have hope um and you know the 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 strange you know connection the reality of 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 what he does for his own glory and the things he's able to take away, the things he's able to restore, um, ultimately to, to magnify that he is glorious. And, and what happens many times is we find glory, we find contentment in, in the things we've purchased or the people that we're with. And we can negate and forget that, um, that this life is temporary. And we negate and we forget that um, he created us. He's he's the the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the sustainer of life, and um, 
and, and, and we forget that, you know, and we and we tend to to rise up other messiahs, other idols, mm-hmm. like the song, the, the humble beast song, right? Humble beast. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, just creating messiahs for ourselves, creating functional saviors for ourselves um, that won't last, that 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 are that are foolish. Um, you know, but but it's this thought that, you know, w- when we, you know, kind of going back to, to leaving a legacy, it's it's teaching people what that hope is, like how to discover that hope. Um, and, you know, maybe hopefully sharing our experiences here on the mic. Hopefully that's helping people. You know, I think we're trying to figure out ourselves, you know, the intricacies of how to deliver the clearest message, you know, to people and to and and, and the goal just for those who are listening uh, on the podcast is not we're not trying to preach. We're having a conversation. And I think even in the midst of these conversations, we think about and there's a lot of self-reflection. Mm-hmm. I think we kind of speak to each other more, you know, than, than we really perceive that we're, we have anyone else listening on the other side. Um, and so, you know, Christ, I think in, in many examples of, of, of what that means, we see, uh, we see in, in Matthew 9, 36, he says, uh, and seeing the multitudes, Jesus felt compassion. Just looking the people, looking at the people, there was a a sense of they need, there's a need here. Um, and then, you know, obviously we have in scripture uh, where Jesus is telling us uh, at the end of Matthew, go and make disciples of all nations. That's leaving a legacy, is, mm-hmm. is, to, is to connect people with God, our ministry of reconciliation bringing all people to Christ, pointing all people to Christ. That is our ministry. Everyone wants to have a, a, an independent band or T-shirt or logo or whatever, even the things we're doing. The ministry of reconciliation is everything. Your marriage, right? The, uh, our jobs, uh, your talent to draw, your talent to do all kinds of art, um, our ability to think, all of it, should in some way or some fashion be um, involved in the ministry of reconciliation. Like how are we magnifying it and pointing it back to say God is, and Jesus is the most precious thing. It's not this thing, but he's so precious. My marriage is to point people back to Christ, to show that even in this imperfection, even in this mess, he's beautiful, he's glorious, he's wonderful. So even in the midst of tragedy, pointing it back to him to say this is gross this is disgusting because of uh, of the circumstance but he's glorious he's enough you know leaving that as a legacy leaving that as our footprint uh to our children to our to our co-workers to our neighbors um but not like feeling burdened about it either mm-hmm. right i think i think there's some aspect of um legalism that would make us feel like you got to carry this burden you can you can't you know and and, and make us hate life almost but there should be a joy in wanting to do it in in, in, you know in that sense when i think of a legacy a lot of times we think on the bigger side of what needs to be done like oh i gotta be like a billy graham or something like Mm -hmm. that but what about the person that brought billy graham to the lord (laughs) what you Ah. know no no like uh, it's true about it like His legacy is just as much, but yet, you know, that's probably going to be like 90% of the people, really. Mm -hmm. 
percent of the people is not in a hundred fifty years from now. You're probably going to be forgotten. That sounds horrible, yeah. but that's the reality. What is, is it? In, in one generation, in you're one completely forgotten. Completely forgotten. Right. Or and I mean so to bring it to a more uh, for those who are not believers, you can talk about Bruce Lee and Ip Man. A lot of people don't know really know about Ip Man, but yet they know Bruce Lee automatically off of that. And Ip Man was the man. Fire. That's true. They make him kind of superhuman, though, like in those movies. But <sighs> those movies drive me <laughs> nuts. You who you turned me on to? One of y'all turned me on to nah. it, man. It was like I mean, I watch them in the type, but I watch uh, all three. So I'm good. Not for historical. Uh <laughs> 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 not historical validation <laughs> <laughs> to know that someone can beat up a room of ninety men. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. But okay. yeah, it's true. Um. Going back to your both of your points, I, I remember when I was in high school, and I would <laughs> he always said be it, man. I'm sorry, I just <laughs> go ahead. I would always be happy, and always be talking about how like how joyous I was in Christ, and my friend would keep seeing that at the time, and I think Mike remembers him, but he got to the point where he was just like, uh, "Can you invite me to church one day?" And I was just like, "Sure, I can invite you to church." He's, he said specifically, "I want to see what makes you happy." Or why you act like the way you act. And literally, that same day I took him, uh, one of our good friends had her testimony. And then literally, he converted that same day. Wow. So it's crazy. You never know the legacy. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be Billy Graham level. It's just God would use you in a specific way. We don't focus on that. Right. What do you, essentially, what are you leaving behind? It mm -hmm. is what you're leaving behind. Does it have eternal value? That's the biggest thing. Was it John Piper that said it? Or who I forgot who said it. They said something. They don't care as much what they leave as possessions, but the people they leave behind or the people that will follow mm. coming to them. I don't know who said that, but that's dope. If you think about it, um, back to kind of like what you were talking about earlier, um, if you know about the fish and, and teaching someone to fish right. rather than giving. So if I was trying to leave a legacy and I preach the gospel to 200,000 people, but it stops there, it, it's at 200,000 people. But if I can talk to 10 people and tell those 10 people to talk to 10 people, and those 10 people have this thing of 10, it's like a pyramid of what we call exponential growth. Right. So it's kind of like that man that talked to Billy Graham. Mm -hmm. He didn't, he, his legacy is so crazy, you don't even know who he mm -hmm. is. You know, and so when I think of legacy, I don't, I like, it always goes back to the word of God. It always goes back to uh, what's true, like uh, what in, in teaching people the foundations of how to kind of get this type of knowledge of God and, and love for God. Uh, Robbie Zacharias, he actually talks about that testimony where he, he, I think he was 17 and I think he was going, he was in college at the time and he wanted to take his life. So he had everything, right? He he was uh, his parents were government officials and whatever, 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 and he tried to kill himself. And when he was in the hospital, uh, a man preached the gospel, gave him a Bible, changed his life. You don't know who that man is. No one knows who that man is. Mm -hmm. And Robbie Zacharias has made tremendous impact on the world. Um, but no no ministry. You know, for those who have children, and, and I'm in that situation now, um, it, it's becoming more real to me, the reality of, of, of 
of being that that example, that representation for your child, because what more intimacy can you get than your kids and your wife, right, and your spouse, like, right, how, how much more do you need, what more, if you can't talk to anybody else, th- these are the people that you talk to. These are the people that you become intimate with, that you love them and you, and, you, and, you, and you share your faith with them. You teach them the how, and they grow, and, and they, they multiply. You're talking to maybe a couple. You get more confidence. You talk to a coworker. You talk to whoever. And, and really, you know, uh, it doesn't have to be on a, you know, uh, what is it, a milk carton, milk crate? Milk carton. A little milk carton. It doesn't have to be on a, on, on a milk crate. It doesn't have to be on you know, a uh, soapbox. It doesn't have to be like you're in the middle of the street and you're just preaching out loud. It doesn't have to be that. It's relationships. It's b- investing time in people, one person. And, and, and discipleship takes time. Mm-hmm. It takes sometimes a long time. Sometimes it takes years. Are we able to say we want to invest in one person? I want to invest in one person to just love on them, to care for them, to invite them into my life, to speak life into them, to share the gospel, to teach them the word just one person but we we you know we have this mentality like you said of of needing to have this huge ministry with 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 uh you know with some financial backing and 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 logos and a building and we need all this stuff like we need all this stuff and we get obsessed with that and that's probably the most unfruitful thing you could possibly do not saying that it is but what is your motivation who's getting glory is it you is it God? Who's really getting glory? Are you willing to scale back in order to exalt him, to say, you know what, all these things are getting in the way of me. You know, we were doing this thing, right? We were, get, we were trying to do, uh, 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 we trying to do live uh, sessions and doing this and that, and we're getting frustrated. And it's, it's making for it being uh, a burden. We don't want it to be a burden. We want it to be a joy. Want to invest in, so we may have to scale back for it to be what we want it to be, for it to be quality, for God to get glory out of it. And if we need to scale the whole thing back, right? Because it's not fruitful. We want it just one person. Just thinking of one person. How can we talk to one person about Christ? Or if you're listening and you're struggling with your relationship with Jesus, how can you get with one person that can help you through your struggles? How can you find that one person? Find somebody who you know has a relationship with Jesus and just say, look, I've been for years having a struggle with my relationship with Jesus. If you can't find anybody, talk to us. Mm-hmm. Send us an email, uh, proofbeyondreason at gmail.com. Send, uh, leave a, a message on our Facebook account. Get in touch with us somehow, and we can help walk you through it if we got to connect with you. Or if we need to connect you with someone that you have locally or whatever it is. But, um, but you know, the reality is that uh, that's what God calls us to. That's the legacy we're to leave is, is one that has eternal implications. God's word is a legacy. It's been tested for generations. And it's always come out. It's had so much scrutiny. The most scrutinized book ever in the history of uh, uh, of the world and and it's multitude of books right it's a library of books that have been that have been scrutinized and yet it passes the test of time 
no matter how much technology, no matter how many people try to try to say all these things. If you if uh, you listen to one of our previous ep- episodes where we talk about the validity of scripture, go back, re- listen to that episode. We dive into the historical um, uh, implications of scripture, how it lines up with history, how all these external facts are nonsense and and just, you know, uh, realize that um, that the scripture is legacy. That's God's word, and God's word will not pass away. That's the legacy that we pass on to our children. That's the legacy of how to raise children, of how to live in in relationship, how to serve others, how to be generous with our money, how to invest our money so that we have an inheritance to leave our families, how to work for employers, how how to and how to and how to and how to. It's all found in Scripture. Um. And so get in your word, read that, uh, understand who Jesus is. Again, hit us up if you have any questions. Um, but uh, but that's it. That's all the time we have. Uh, again, shout out of the week is Humble Beast. Check out their album, uh, beautiful usually album called Worthy. If you're looking to find out, uh, right on topic too, Legacy, man, listen to that album. Pull up the lyrics. I think there's a YouTube video that has the whole album with lyrics, pull it up, listen to it. It's got so much meat in that. I mean, wow, 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 wow. Um, John has yet to listen to it, but dude, when you let, like, just sit down. Listen to it on the way home. Dude, (laughs) it's got so much meat to it. It's just, it's amazing. Um, And it'll definitely help you in your walk and just worship it. I mean, there's so many songs in there that that will definitely lead you in that direction. But uh, we love you guys. We appreciate you guys listening to us. Check us out, SoundCloud, um, iTunes, iTunes, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Check us out there. Uh, and we're signing out, man. Um, you know, Mike the Baptist. Geology. J-Mo. We love you guys.